Solar PV Cast by Shift, a podcast exploring solar energy and the role it plays in improving our lives and our planet. Here's your host, Chris Palliser. Solar in Canada is growing like crazy, and it may surprise you to hear a lot of that growth is taking place in Alberta. Yes, oil and gas country, Edmonton, Oilers, Calgary Flames. To speak about the Alberta renewable energy market and more, we're lucky to be joined on this episode of the PVCast by Garrett Lubke, project development engineer with ATCO. Welcome, Garrett. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. A little bit about yourself, Garrett. How did you uh, find yourself with ATCO? What's your renewable energy journey? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, everybody's had a journey to get where they are and Mine's no different. Uh, you know, as you alluded to, being an Albertan, I started in oil and gas. I worked there for seven or eight years, working my way up to, you know, doing offshore North Sea work, which was phenomenal. But a road trip to Alaska with my girlfriend uh, really struck a chord with me. You know, we were seeing the receding glaciers, the salmon levels were dropping to all time lows. And I thought, as an engineer, I could either go pick garbage in the mountains on the weekend, or I could dedicate my career to making a change for the world. So um, I spent the next uh, year and a half looking for a gig and was lucky enough to start off my renewable journey with Inferno Solar. It was a Calgary-based firm focused on commercial and industrial rooftop solar. So working in that 50 kilowatt to 250 kilowatt range and that was really good i gained a lot of skills there um, was working with the electricians learning the ins and outs the technical details and from there i was lucky enough to make the next big step in my career to joining the atco team and that went from the commercial and industrial scale to the utility scale where we're dealing in the 25 megawatts and up range. And with that comes a whole different scale of um, components to a project. But yeah, I'm very happy to be um, working on some of the biggest projects in Canada. And yeah, excited to help tell the viewers what, uh, what they can learn about the Alberta market and what the utility space brings. We'll get back to the, uh, the megawatt uh, side of things in just a second, which is really cool. I want to acknowledge the fact that it was a moment for you because I can relate to that. Uh, for me, it was a moment. It was when my wife gave me a, a solar panel for camping to charge my cell phone. And I just thought, man, we can use the sun to do this. Why aren't we doing this? So uh, I, I can totally appreciate you deciding it, you know, for that moment to kind of focus on renewables and, and the part that you could play in the bigger picture. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, similar to you, before I even started uh, working in the solar industry, I, with my father's help, we installed solar on our cabin the year before I professionally started doing solar. <laughs> we just, we got an electrician to do the electrical part and we did the racking and figured it all out. So, Oh, wow. That's really cool. And and how cool is that for you to to see it at your own cabin level and now be working with it on this utility scale? Yeah, absolutely. And it's phenomenal seeing the way technology moves. Um, at that time, we got 400 watt panels, which were crazy big. Uh, you know, it was 250s a couple of years before that. And now I'm talking with people who are selling 660s. Wow, 660s is where they're at when it comes to the utility side of things. Yeah, most are in the high 500s, kind of that 550 to 580. But 
some people are just selling bigger modules. It's wow. not more efficient. It's just larger. So yeah, there's more yeah. wattage. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's great to have you on the PV cast because uh, for sure we've been doing a lot of BC focused conversations and uh, to to get your point of view from Alberta is amazing because yeah, in BC, it's all about hydro for the most part. You're not, that's the utility. Whereas in Alberta, obviously there's a lot of differences. It's, um, it's a bit of a wild west, I guess, when it comes to renewable energy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, As you alluded to, it's a, BC Hydro is the utility in BC, but um, really what makes Alberta unique and Ontario is similar, although they are different markets, but Alberta and Ontario are the only deregulated markets in Canada. And so with that, it brings a lot of opportunities in the market for anyone to be a generator or a load. And of course it is by deregulated, there is still significant regulations but it doesn't have to go through a crown corp to connect to the grid. Um, There is the Alberta Utilities Commission and the Alberta Electric System Operator who do control the permitting and regulatory processes. But as a private investor, you can say, this site makes sense for me to install a generator and you can install a utility-scale solar plant. Wow. I mean, you need... You need a few things for sure to to get some backing and and something like someone like Atco has that backing. It's really interesting. I lived in Alberta for a while and I, every time I hear Atco I just think of my power bills, paying my paying my gas bills. <laughs> and, and so yeah. it's it's pretty cool to see that they're now kind of taking the charge when it comes to renewables, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And it is certainly a luxury to have a strong very uh you know, cash positive companies such as Atco. Uh, we're not a startup who is extremely strapped when it comes to cash. We are investing heavily in this. And with that, we have acquired multiple wind farms this year, one in Ontario, one in Alberta, and we acquired 1.5 gigawatts of development assets. And so Atco as a whole is absolutely charging into the renewable space. And this isn't something that just happened this year. I really have to commend the senior leadership at ATCO. We had a very profitable coal and gas generation business for decades. And it wasn't just in Alberta. We had a one gigawatt gas plant in London, UK. Oh, wow. Um, we are in Australia. We're in different places. But they came together and they decided that they were going to sell off the fossil fuel generation business because it didn't align with the long-term goals of ADCO. And that is going towards renewables and clean fuels. And so they sold off what was known as ADCO Power in 2016, 17, 18. And with that, they looked at what renewable generation could be to replace that coal and gas generation. And now in 2023, We've got over 200 megawatts of operating wind. Uh, We'll have 100 megawatts of solar operating at the end of this year. And we're working on our next big power plant, which is a 200 megawatt solar plant. So things are absolutely charging at ATCO and in the Alberta solar market as a whole. Well, I mean, you get a lot of sun. 
You know, you get uh, the best of both worlds, I guess, with the wind, the mountains, and, and the sun. So it makes a lot of sense. You said 1.5 gigawatts earlier. That's uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Canada as a whole has something like just over 3 gigawatts solar installed. So the fact that yeah, you guys I, are looking I, at that is crazy. Yeah, I would believe that. That makes sense. Um, you know, the largest one right now is around 460 megawatts. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, the future is certainly bright. Hey. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so megawatts. Back to that again, just to kind of, you know, where my mind's at here in B.C., one of the, the largest rooftop solar installs in BC is around 1.2 megawatts, to put that in perspective for those listening. So that is massive. Yeah, and that's 1,200 kilowatts. So yeah. if you have a 5 kilowatt or a 10 kilowatt system, um, that's 120 of those 10 kilowatt systems wow. for your 1.2 and- megawatt system in it. And you yeah. you mentioned they're not just in Alberta, but but there are a few in Alberta. As as far as the ATCO, or as far as the ATCO portfolio. Yeah, absolutely. We have assets in Ontario, Mexico. Uh, we're looking at Saskatchewan and the U.S. Of course, but for now, we are primarily focused in Alberta, and it is um, certainly one of the most inviting markets in Canada right now. Um, you, if you look to ERCOT, Texas, down in the US, of course, California and all these great states were the early adopters for renewables and they've been growing and growing for decades. But now a deregulated market such as Texas totally struck down all the permitting barriers to put in new renewables. And as of right now, Texas is the fastest growing renewables market in North America. And it is because of that deregulated mindset that you can just say, yes, this project is a go. And the uh, system operator says, sounds good. Put it online. Isn't that so funny? Hey, Texas, you know, oil capital of America (laughs) and even Alberta, oil capital of Canada are are leading (laughs) the way when it comes to renewable energy. The future is now. The Solar PV Cast by Shift. How have you found the reception to the masses, the people of Alberta with this, this play? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Um, and it is very different between wind and solar too, but there is certainly a, maybe if we did this podcast 10 years ago, it would be a completely different answer, but right. a lot of the landowners we talk to are receptive and they understand that, Hey, from a purely, um, capitalistic sense, I can get paid to have renewables on my land. And so I think a lot of the people who might not have supported oil and gas over the past decades, but had an oil or gas well on their land are thinking the same thing that, you know what, I'm not a, even if I'm not a solar wind proponent, I like to have a lease on my land. And so that kind of gives you that diversification of your revenue. If you're a farmer, you're not just reliant on your farming revenues. You've got winter revenue, you've got spring revenue. And so I think there is um, a certain level of desire from everybody we've talked to that says, hey, we wanna do business with you. We wanna make sure that our land is available to have renewables on it. And there are certain 
high demand areas near transmission lines or where the resource is really strong. It's really interesting, isn't it? I mean, at the end of the day, we get it. You know, it comes down to making money. How can I make money? Um, but it's really exciting that finally uh, we can now make money on renewables. And that's, that's part of the big reason why we're experiencing this massive boom. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great to see. I mean, I watch the uh, supply and demand uh, quite often. And it's great to see uh, coal just passed or um, renewables just passed coal. Granted, that's due to coal being phased out. Right. But uh, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal to see the growth. In uh, you mentioned in, in another conversation, lowest bid mechanism. Are you able to explain that a little bit and how that applies with wind and solar versus gas and stuff in Alberta? Yeah, absolutely. And so this really applies to going back to our revenue conversation of how do you make money with renewables? Because there are a lot of people who are doing this to save the planet, but to get real big change, you have to make money. Yeah. And so the Alberta market has a pool price, which is everybody in Alberta gets paid the same amount per energy put onto the grid. There are different markets like in the U S have nodal pricing. And, you know, if you have a crown corp, it's um, set differently, but in Alberta, how it goes is when you start with, all right, we've got a load of 10 gigawatts and the first people to bid on at $0 are wind and solar. They have to run. They don't care if the sun is shining, we're producing to the grid. If the wind's blowing, we're producing. So, Wind and solar bid in at zero from there. And so that gobbles up a gigawatt or two gigawatts from there. The people who have fuel prices, gas generators, they know that, okay, I need 50 bucks to operate. So I bid in at 50. Next guy says, I need 60. I need 70. I need 80. The last guy who says, you know what? I need a hundred bucks to operate. And then that satisfies the load. So now you've got a balanced grid. Everybody gets paid that hundred bucks. So wind and solar are price takers. So it's whatever gas or coal plant is the last person to get called to generate. They say, Hey, you know, it takes me a hundred bucks to generate. And so everybody in Alberta gets a hundred bucks for oh, the energy wow. they put onto the grid. I mean, in- so there's no, uh, no tiered pricing depending on your, generation type it's right everybody flat and yes. it changes every 10 minutes right pros and cons i guess to that yeah 100 percent. it's can be very lucrative um we have a price cap of 999 dollars a megawatt hour which gets a lot of money if you're generating in that time but the flip side is also true um typically in alberta we see when wind comes on prices do decline because now there's less gas needed and there's more zero dollar wind. So prices fall. And so you can almost watch the wind load come up and the price come down. Oh, wow. So yeah, it, it is a pure supply demand. Um, to be honest, it's kind of a beautiful capitalistic market, but it's going to be interesting to see when uh, renewables hit 50% penetration or 75% penetration, what price it looks like. Well, and you mentioned earlier that they're surpassing coal. They're, you know, they're shutting coal plants down and, and building solar farms. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, the transition is is most definitely happening. You said it was something like 60% coal, 30% gas, 10% hydro. Do those numbers sound familiar? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a few years ago before we started uh, the coal transition, um, unfortunately, Alberta was a coal grid. Um, there was big plants all around Edmonton, and there's the Battle River, the Wabamins, um, a lot of coal generators. And with um, the provincial and federal governments, a lot of those have been either decommissioned or transitioned to gas. So, yeah, Alberta is still a fossil fuel market, 100%. But, uh, but now it's about, let's say, 70 75% gas. And then we're seeing 15% wind, 10% solar, um, and a mix of other. Uh, hydro is certainly in there as well. It's interesting. I read this article last week about jobs in Canada, and it says something uh, by 2050, there'll be 2.7 million jobs in renewable. That being said, there will be a loss of about 1.7 or 1.5 million in fossil fuels. But overall, when everything shakes out, there's still going to be 700,000 plus jobs in the renewable energy sector. I mean, you and you and I are, are one of those jobs. Yeah, very interesting. I love that stat. The the growth. And I also think it's good good for Canada as a whole. Let's welcome these tech jobs. Yeah, hundred percent. Right, be a leader, uh, which is also exciting because still, um, it's about education, right? Still, so many people say, "Well, solar doesn't work in Canada. It's too cold, or there's too many clouds." That's what we deal with here in in BC on the west coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that education is is changing. Yeah, absolutely, and it's um, you know solar is not the last couple of years, but following a power curve law that prices keep coming down. And so more places, it will make sense. And I think it, the education part's incredibly important. You know, a lot of people coming out of high school, university, coming out of maybe their first five years of work are starting to think that, you know, I could get a job in renewables. There are good careers in it. Um, you know, at Co, I can't speak for others, but we have a lot of really good well-paid professionals that are making a career in renewables. And with, it's not just a hobby. Yeah, well, and that's the exciting part. And with the, the federal government incentives and tax credits, which just came out on, on the commercial yeah. side of things, I mean, has, does that impact ADCO specifically with projects? How does that shake out for you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Um, huge kudos to the federal government. Um, we have been waiting on an IRA competitor um, as soon as it came out, uh, we've been really, we have been challenged to compete with the U S on a utility scale. So for us, um, there's a lot of a different vendor dynamic than compared to the residential, you know, we're talking directly with manufacturers in China and ordering, you know, in the a hundred million dollar range, um, orders for modules. And so for those guys, if you can sell it to the U S and the IRA is giving you a 30% tax credit, but in Canada project economics just don't compare, well then I'm just going to sell to the U S. So we've really been, uh, over the past year seeing those struggles. And now, um, yeah, we got the 30% discount as well, which is phenomenal for project economics. You know, we've been modeling it for months ahead of this announcement and it's really good to see it and so i really have to uh you know 
commend the federal government. They've done really good to bring that in. They've got a plan, and they seem to be executing it uh, so far. Well, uh, Garrett, thank you so much for joining us and chatting a, a little bit. I feel like there is so much more we could dive into when it comes to the the wild west of renewables that is Alberta. And again, even just from my point of view, uh, learning about the solar industry in BC, wow, like the the ceiling, you know, I like to think there is is unlimited here in BC, but even more so in Alberta. <laughs> yep. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. I'm excited to see what the next few years bring. Uh, we've got just about double Alberta's grid worth of projects that are queued up to be permitted. So granted, not all of those are going to get permits. A lot of those are going to fall through. A lot of those are just getting put in, but it's going to be crazy to see like what percentage of those projects go forward and what percentage and what gigawatt number we actually see installed in the next few years. I think it's going to be amazing. So when you say double the grid, so that from a planning standpoint, these in theory projects, if they were to go ahead, would supply the entire Alberta grid with renewable energy and then some. Is that correct? That is correct. Wow. Um, There's, for numbers, easy math, Alberta's a 10 gigawatt grid. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's something like 13 gigawatts of solar plus storage. Some are standalone, some are plus storage, and seven gigawatts of wind. So, like, just those solar and wind alone could replace space load of course you have issues with intermittency but yeah it's exciting to see where these projects are going to go i love i'll share one more stat with you that i tell everybody who will listen uh every second (laughs) 173,000 terawatts of energy is hitting our planet from the sun and if we could capture all of that it would only take one hour of collecting it to power the planet for a year i love it yeah Makes sense to me. Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. Let's do it. Let's keep it going. Well, Garrett, thank you very much for joining the Solar PV cast. Uh, We're going to have you back to talk more. Is that cool? Yeah, works for me. There's lots to unpack. Yeah, very much so. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time. That was Garrett Lubke on the Solar PV cast, uh, who is a project development engineer with ATCO in Alberta. Again, Garrett, thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Chris. The Solar PV Cast by Shift with Chris Palliser. To begin your solar journey, visit shift.ca.